0: What is going on, sports fans, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 10. That is right, the 10th edition of the Jack of All Trades Sports Podcast, presented by Unbranded Sports. Today is Tuesday, June 23rd, and we got a lot to talk about in the world of sports. But, of course, before we do that, we want to say thank you and give a quick shout-out to our friends at Anchor. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast podcast. Everybody's um, stuck in their house in quarantine trying to um, recover from this coronavirus and stay safe from this coronavirus. And I'm sure everybody's got a story to tell about their time in quarantine. There's no better way to tell that story than through a podcast. And there's no better way to start your very own podcast than through Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to start your very own podcast today. And yes, there is a lot that happened this weekend in sports. I was found myself watching some Premier League soccer, RBC Heritage um a golf tournament, the Na- NASCAR. I watched some of the NASCAR race, and I I also watched. There was another on the Belmont Stakes, of course, the first leg of the Triple Crown in horse racing. I did watch that. That was those were all very entertaining. But before we get into that, we have to start with baseball because baseball is back. Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. Baseball looks like it is back and it will be happening in 2020. It looked pretty grim a couple of weeks ago, but it looks like now that the um Rob Manfred is going to unilaterally impose a season onto the league and that the league is going to set a schedule and that we will be playing baseball in 2020. So how this season is going to work. So it broke around 6 p.m. yesterday. Um, so the spring training spring training will start July 1st. So this season can only happen if all the players agree to like health and safety regulations with the league. And if they all report to spring ta- training with July fir- by July 1st. But based on the reactions of players I've seen on Twitter and all across social media, it looks like that is a good sign because players, I believe, are genuinely excited to finally get going for this season. So spring training will start July 1st. And it will be a 60-game regular season starting the weekend of July 24th through 26th. And I'm just saying, play ball. Play ball. It's going to be a 100% prorated salary. 100% prorated salary. Um, There are going to be some players who choose not to play, obviously. A Players Association grievance is allowed. Upcoming free agents will be destroyed in this market. All major labor issues merely deferred to next spring. So it looks like it. Um, the league kind of did this and deferred destruction next year. I think there's still going to be a strike. I still think the money from this season isn't going to be good for small markets. But hey, at least we're playing baseball and I'm still excited that we are going to play baseball. So before we do play baseball, the MLB has asked the union for two things by today at 5 p.m. And the first one is can players get... To spring training in seven days by July first, and the second is will players agree on the operating manual that lays out health and safety protocols for the twenty twenty season. So those are the two things the MLB Players Association has to let the league know by five. Um, and I think that there, Jeff Passen from ESPN tweeted. Based on conversations with a number of players, there is a strong expectation the MLBPA will vote yes on the MLB's proposed July 1st report date, codify the health and safety protocol, and lock in a 60-game season that begins around July 24th. The optimi- optimism and motivation are both there. And yeah, so it's looking like the MLB is going to play. So that's very exciting. There will be a a universal DH for the 2020 season, but not for the 2021 season. And I don't think there is going to be an expanded playoffs. But um, some of the players did react to this news on Twitter. Mike Clevenger tweeted a GIF of Adam Sandler saying, Let's go! And he said, just want to say big ups to all the homies on my team and around the league for staying united through these difficult times. Could have been easy to break, but we didn't. Hashtag electric factory back open. And he tweeted a gift that said, let's be amazing together. So that's one reaction from a Cleveland Indian, um, Mike Clevenger, obviously a great pitcher, sunshine for the Cleveland Indians. Another Cleveland Indian who reacted is Adam Plutko. He said, Play ball. Hashtag Roll Tribe. Simple reaction there, but it's good to see him excited. Logan Allen, another Cleveland Indians pitcher, tweeted hashtag Roll Tribe and said, this gets me fired up. Papa Plut, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. And of, of course, Papa Plut is Adam Plutko. And he said, now we go with a Ric Flair gif going woo. And so that is some of the reactions of the Cleveland Indians around the league. I know a player who has been very vocal throughout this situation is Andrew McCutcheon, and he tweeted last night when the news broke, Uncle Larry says, you're welcome, because he tweeted a video of himself of being this character he made up, Uncle Larry asking the players in the league to just, and um Manfred to just impose um, a season and let him play. And so that's a funny reaction. It's good to see him on board. He's a very vocal player in the MLB. And yeah, generally the reaction was positive among players, and I think it's it's going to be a great thing that baseball is going to happen. So July 1st is spring training, July 24th around there is going to be the start of the regular season, and baseball is looking like it is back, and it should be official sometime tonight. And so that's all we got on baseball. And moving on to the other sports that happened this weekend, starting with the Belmont Stakes that did happen on Saturday in Elmont, New York. Belmont Stakes is traditionally the third leg of the Triple Crown, but now it is this year it is the first leg of the Triple Crown due to coronavirus. Um, The Preakness and the Kentucky Derby will both happen later. I think the Kentucky Derby is scheduled for September, and the Preakness... Scheduled in July or August. So that is what's going on in the world of horse racing. So the Belmont Stakes happened on Saturday, and it was a good race. It was hard fought, but New York Red, Tis the Law, won by four legs, heavily favored, and it was a great win. Um, It was, um, yeah, so the Kentucky Derby is actually September 5th, and the Preakness is actually October third. Those are the updated dates. But the four to five favorite, tis the law, won by three and three fourths lengths, covering the one and one eighth miles in one minute forty six seconds. Um, yeah, one forty six fifty three. Um, the um Doctor Post finished second, and Max Player was third. The race was shortened from the usual one and a half miles, but the Belmont Stakes was unlike any of the one hundred fifty one that preceded it, and it was it was still awesome to see. Um and Tis the Law wins and is ho- and is on its way to a Triple Crown if it can win the next two races. Triple Crown is extremely rare, rare. It last happened with American Pharaoh, I believe, a couple years ago, and then you had to go all the way back to way long ago to horses like Seattle Sleuths and Secretariat who did win the Triple Crown. It is the greatest achievement in horse racing, and it would be great to see it this year. It would be an awesome story. But Tis the Law, the first New York bred horse, to win the Belmont Stakes, and it was very entertaining to see, and they'll be back horse racing September 5th in the Kentucky Derby. And moving on to the RBC Heritage, which was a golf tournament that did take place this week, and it was a very competitive tournament, I must say. You look, and, the, and there are at least like 20 players separated by seven strokes or less. So, Webb Simpson finished in first place. He was 7-under in the fourth round. He finished 22-under for the tournament. Second place was Abraham Anser from Italy. He was 6-under in the final round and 21-under overall. Then we had Tyrell Hatton finishing tied for third with Daniel Berger. And they finished tied for 3rd at 20-under after going 5-under and 6-under respectively in the final round. And rounding out the top 5 is Joaquin Nyman from Russia, 6-under. And Sergio Garcia from Spain, 6-under. They went 19-under in the tournament. And then some other notable names to appear and finish high in this tournament. Brooks Kepka finished 6-under in the tournament. 6-under um, in the final round and 17-under in the tournament. Justin Thomas, 8-under in the final round, 17-under in the tournament. Justin Rose, 6-under in the final round, 16-under in the tournament. I'm trying to find Corey Connors, who actually went to Kent State. He was leading on Saturday. It was a great story watching him lead from Kent State. He finished 1-under in the final round and 14-under for the tournament. Congrats to him from Golden Flash to Golden Flash. I'm looking for some other notable names here. Jordan Speed finished four under. He finished tied for sixty eighth. Um, and then there were a bunch of other, you know, just guys who finished even plus one, who did not make the cut. And yeah, so but it was a great golf tournament. It's not. It's not a major per se but it it's kind of a major minor if that makes sense and uh yeah so that was the the next event in golf will happen i got to look up pga tour the next tournament in golf will be the the traveler's championship which is june 25th to june 28th it will be on the golf network and cbs and the purse is 7,400,000 400,000 so you're going to want to tune into that a lot of the top players will be playing in that in the next event of the PGA Tour and the next event in sports that happened that's not American but still really entertaining is the English Premier League soccer so there are three games I did watch on Sunday New Ca- Newcastle played Sheffield United and Newcastle won that one three to nothing um it was it was um a pretty cool game. Um Sheffield United is in seventh place and Newcastle is all the way in thirteenth place. But Newcastle picks up the win, gets three points on Sheffield United. The second game, I have a friend who is a Chelsea fan, so it was nice to see Chelsea win this one. Chelsea wins two to one against Aston Villa. Chelsea is in fourth place in the Premier League, while Aston Villa is way down nineteenth. But Pulisic um Pulcic did score for the Ch- for Chelsea. I gotta find him here. Where is he at? There he is. Ch- Christian Pulcic scored for Chelsea, the first goal for Chelsea since the restart in the 60th minute, and he is actually an American. So it's nice to see American soccer coming back, kind of, and to see American soccer, American soccer players playing in the top league in the world. It's great to see that, and then um. Chelsea's second goal came from Oscar, I think his name's Oscar, let me look, uh, I gotta find him, sorry about this guys, I'm not really an expert on Premier League soccer, Oliver Giroud was the second goal for Chelsea, they win it 2-1, and then the third game I was watching on Father's Day, oh, real quick, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, Um, I was watching was Everton and Liverpool and that was a big rivalry, and it was actually ended in a 0-0 tie. I have a friend who's a Liverpool fan, but I was actually rooting for Everton because they haven't won against Liverpool in 10 years or something like that. But yeah, it was still an entertaining game to watch, even though it was a 0-0 tie. And that is hard, even even though that sounds hard to believe, but the Premier League is very fun to watch. There are some games that are happening today. Yesterday, Man City beat Burnley five to nothing, and today Leicester City plays Brighton, and Tottenham plays West Ham. Those games happen at one and three fifteen, and I'm sure you can find them on NBC Sports Network and other streaming outlets. But yeah, that is all that is happening in the world of the Premier League. And moving on to NASCAR, who had the Geico 500 yesterday. Before we get into the actual details of the race. Some very sad events and um um unfortunate events happened in NASCAR on Sunday as Bubba Wallace, the only African-American driver in NASCAR's Pro Cup Series right now, there was a noose found in his garage prior to the race on Sunday that actually got moved to Monday due to weather. And that was very, very hard to see Bubba Wallace a news found in his garage um NASCAR's president said in a press conference yesterday that whoever whenever they find who did this they will be banned from the sport for life the FBI and NASCAR is opening an investigation into um the events there but a lot of great things happened um with the athletes in NASCAR in response to that um so Bubba wallace was Bubba Wallace um all the the players Bubba Wallace got into his number 43 car and the rest of the players helped push it to the front that was a great display of sportsmanship and unity by the racers in NASCAR some other moments that happened yesterday was um it said, "I stand with Bubba Wallace on the grass." They painted that on the grass. Bubba Wallace took a picture with all of the the other racers in yesterday's race and said, "and said family," and Bubba Wallace also, after um the uh, the the event went into the stands with the five thousand or so fans, gave them all high fives. And in his interview, he said, I'm sorry I'm not wearing my mask, but I wanted to show whoever did this that they can't take my smile away. And that was a great attitude to see by a great athlete and a guy who who has had, has been a champion, who, who spearheaded the the movement to get rid of the um, Confederate flag in NASCAR and who is a champion for civil rights in that sport and who will continue fighting and racing. And that's great to see for Bubba Wallace and he actually did take the lead in that race yesterday a lot of people rooting for him to win he was consistently in the top five but then he ran out of fuel had to go get some fuel and he actually did finish in 14th but he had a great showing in yesterday's race so let's take a look at who actually won that race so Ryan Blaney won that race he was the Ford number 12 he got he he got 54 points um Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished second then we had Eric Almirola in third. Denny Hamlin finished fourth. Eric Jones finished fifth. Um, Chris Boucher finished sixth. Some other notable finishes. Bowman, Alex Bowman finished seventh. Kyle Busch finished ninth. Um, Kevin ha- Harvick finished tenth. um, Ty Dillon finished twelfth. Obviously, Bubba Wallace finished 14th. He got 27 points. He is now 20, 21st in the Cup Series. Um, some other notable names. Brett, Brad Ke- Keselowski finished 20, 19th. Um, Clint Boyer finished 25th. Kyle, B- Kyle Busch, yeah, finished 32nd. And Chase Elliott finished 38th with Austin Dillon finishing all the way 39th. The next NASCAR event that Bubba Wallace and the league will be having is this week. Um the uh Pocono at Pocono Raceway it is the Pocono Organics 325 in partnership with Rodale Institute. So yeah, that is the next NASCAR event. Be sure to tune into that on Fox Saturday, June 27th at 3:30 p.m. So that is all that happened in the world of live sports this weekend that I actually got to see. And so, the last thing I want to talk about before we go to break is football players testing positive left and right for the coronavirus. So, 25 athletes at Clemson, football players at Clemson, tested positive for the virus. 30 players at LSU tested positive for the virus. 14 players at Kansas State tested positive for the virus. Players at Texas tested positive for the virus. Ezekiel Elliott tested positive for the virus. The list goes on and on and on. It's because these players are working out together. And for the college football players, it's because they are probably partying, hanging out, and doing other things besides just working out at the team's facility. All I need to say is to all my football fans out there and all my college football athletes and football athletes out there, be smart, work out, and if you're going to work out with your team, wear a mask, Still socially distanced because I want to see football this season. I know a lot of other people do as well. All right, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we got a quick update on the NBA as the transaction window did start today. And we got some some NFL news. Dak Prescott, Jamal Adams, Kareem Hunt, all of that. Who's hot, who's not of the week and much, much more. Please stay with us. And welcome back to... Season one episode ten of the Jack of All Trades Podcast presented by Unbranded Sports. We are gonna start part two with some NFL updates and news. So the first update came happened yesterday. Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Cowboys, is expected to exercise his option of thirty-one point four, I think, million. Adam Schefter tweeted it yesterday. Um Let's find it. I don't want to give you guys the wrong number. Yeah, 31.4 million exclusive franchise tender. The two sides will now have until July 15 to work out a long-term deal. Otherwise, one cannot be done until after the season. The clock is running, but Prescott is under contract for 2020. What do I think this means for the Cowboys? I mean, I think it's good for Dak Prescott. He's making, I think, six times the amount he's made the rest of his career. Do I think he's worth $31 million? No. Do I think he's worth the $40 million that the Cowboys supposedly are going to offer him? No, not at all. I think Dak Prescott is an average quarterback on a slightly above average team that is going to win nine or 10 games this season, sneak into the playoffs, and get a first round exit. That's what I think of the Cowboys. That's what I think of Dak Prescott. And that's why I think he should not be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. But I think the Cowboys will make him that because um, that's what they tend to do. They tend to overpay quarterbacks. And you look at Tony Romo. Tony Romo had a good career but was a little overpaid. Dak Prescott's going to be overpaid. They already paid Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper, so they need to find more money to pay Dak Prescott. But I don't know. I think... It's good that Dak Prescott is under contract for this season, but I don't think, I think Dak Prescott, I don't know if Dak Prescott's ever going to win a Super Bowl in his career. That might be a hot take, but I'm going to say it right now. I don't think Dak Prescott will win a Super Bowl in his career, but congrats to him on the $31.4 million, and hopefully the two sides can work out a long-term deal. And another player who is not working out a deal, who's doing quite the opposite actually, is Jamal Adams, the all-pro safety for the New York Jets. It it was reported this week that he re- requested a trade from the New York Jets and that his list of teams consisted of the Texans, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the – oh, I don't know who else. But it was a, it was like a bunch of playoff teams. It's the usual list of teams that players want to be traded to, you know, like the 49ers and all that. Um, but and then there was a video of Jamal Adams driving the other day and a fan saying, yo, what's up, Jamal? And he said – and the fan said – are you coming to Dallas? And Jamal Adams said, Man, I'm trying to. So that is where Jamal Adams wants to go to the Cowboys. Do I think the Jets will trade him? Yeah, because I think locker room liabilities in today's NFL are not good. Jamal Adams is a good player. Um he already said goodbye to some of his teammates. He tells his teammates he'll miss him. And he thinks he's gonna get traded. Now, where is the best fit for the 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 all pro safety his t- his list of destinations was Baltimore Dallas Houston Kansas City Philadelphia San Francisco and Seattle he was also open to the Buccaneers according to Ryan Clark the best fit for him I would have to say would be probably the Cowboys honestly there's no doubt they need a safety they are heading into the season with Xavier Woods and free agent signing Ha Clinton Dix but Dallas reportedly offered the Jets a first-round pick at the trade deadline for Adams last October, but the Jets held out for a first-rounder and two second-rounders. Adding Adams would certainly make the Cowboys' defense better, especially after cornerback Byron Jones left in free agency for the the Miami Dolphins. Where do I think, if I had to predict right now, where Jamal Adams gets traded? Where would I predict? That's a very good question. I would have to predict. Um, I would probably predict the Cowboys, but my sleeper team is the Titans because the Titans have enough pieces to make this move and they are just as a contender as all those other teams. But I think I would not be shocked if in the next couple weeks we do see Jamal Adams in a Cowboy star helmet and in a Cowboys uniform. And the last a bit of NFL contract news I have for you is Kareem Hunt. He's met with the media yesterday um, over Zoom, I was watching the press conference on Twitter and he had a couple of interesting things to say. He said he is a new person and is trying to be a better person after he was stopped for possession of marijuana this off season. He said he is happy for his Chiefs teammates that they won the Super Bowl and he said he wants to be a part of a Super Bowl championship team in Cleveland and that he's open to re signing long term with the Browns. And I think they absolutely should re sign. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb long-term because I think that gives you a one-two punch at running back that is the best one-two punch in the league so that's all we have on NFL news moving on to the association the NBA and before I get into NBA talk make sure you listen to the Just Tube Show our premier NBA podcast with myself Shazam Malik Connor Caligaris and Mike Cook we talk all things NBA and we, w- we record an episode each week, drops around Sunday. Make sure you check it out. The newest episode, episode three, or episode three of this season just dropped. Um, I'll put a link in the description. Make sure you give that a listen if you are a fan of the NBA and NBA basketball. So some things I want to cover here, the NBA updates, the smart ring. So players will be wearing a smart ring that supposedly tells them up to three days, in advance, with 90% accuracy, if they have symptoms of the coronavirus, this ring tracks, um, tracks, um, heart rate, um, uh, um, respiratory, um, res um, their rep- respiratory activities, uh, and it also tracks their, um, something else, heart rate, um, blood pressure, yeah, and respiratory, um, like, activities, and so it tracks their breathing and all that to make sure that they don't have coronavirus and tells them with 90% accuracy if they do. And there are some NBA players that are speculating that this ring is actually a tracker that the NBA is implementing in them to make sure they do not break the rules and stuff and leave the campus. But I think it's just to help keep them safe. And my question is, why don't essential workers and healthcare workers have these uh, have these rings, but I mean if it's gonna help the NBA restart, I'm all for it. But I think that the public should get these um get those first. Um so yeah. Moving on, we got some pla there are some players who are confirmed sitting out in the NBA. Trevor Reza said he is not going to return to the Portland Trailblazers for this NBA restart bubble in Orlando. Because of a unique situation, he lost a custody battle for his son, but he has a 1-month um 1-month visitation period which he is allowed to visit his son which overlaps with the NBA restart in July. So he is going to use that time instead of playing basketball to um go see his son. Another player who has confirmed out Courtney Lee for the Grizzlies is not coming back because of a calf injury and Boogie Cousins has there's been a lot of interest shown about Boogie Cousins coming to play for a team in this restart bubble, but he is sitting out the rest of the season, saying he wants to get fully healthy and ready for next season. Some And so the NBA transaction window window begins today at 12. Some moves that have already been made, Corey Brewer to the Kings, Anthony Tolliver to the Grizzlies, and we. I'm going to be scrolling through Twitter throughout this episode to see if there are any new updates, and if not, follow us on un, at unbranded.sports. We will post the latest updates for you without a doubt. Um, And whoa, some other breaking moves into jack-of-all-trades. Draymond Green on first take just now said, LeBron is arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. That's pretty crazy coming from Draymond Green, a guy who I thought... Did not like LeBron very much based off their antics and on-court battles throughout the years. But I guess Draymond Green has experienced LeBron James's greatness up close and personal. And kudos to Draymond for saying that LeBron is the greatest of all time. It's great to see a player actually admit that. because And a player who has competed so hard against LeBron, it's great to see a guy say that. And yeah, so that is... Some something I re- wasn't on the um outline, but I just wanted to mention it real quick. Um, but yeah, the transaction window begins today at twelve, and I think it ends next Tuesday. Um, another end piece of NBA news before we get to who's hot and who's not of the week. Andre Drummond will pick up his twenty eight point seven mine, p- mil- twenty eight point seven mine. Oh my gosh, twenty eight point seven. Five dollar player option and return to the Cleveland Cavaliers next season. Drummond announced on Dan Lebertard and a friend's podcast. Um Andre Drummond posted a picture on Instagram and someone said we're going to the playoffs next year hashtag Cavs. Andre Drummond responded to that tweet um comment saying hell yeah. It looks like Andre Drummond is all in for the Cavs and it's great to see Andre Drummond is going to be a." Um, a central piece of the Cavs team next year and if they can make a couple moves in free agency and dr- in the draft I can absolutely see them making the playoffs I'm excited for the Cavs future and it looks like it is bright hopefully Garland and Sexton can continue to develop maybe they draft a player like Obi Toppin and maybe they get somebody in free agency like Brandon Ingram that would be perfect offseason in my opinion for the Cavs all right who's hot and who's not of the week It's, um, we, we talk about who's trending up and who's trending down in the world of sports, who's hot of the week is college football and regular seasons, because it was announced this week that Ohio state and Alabama would start a home and home in 2027, 2028 with Alabama traveling to Columbus or Flavortown, because we don't know if the name's going to be changed by then, uh, to Flavortown slash Columbus in 2027 and Ohio State traveling to Tuscaloosa, Alabama in 2028. I'm hyped because Ohio State and Alabama played arguably one of the greatest college football games ever the last time they met in the 2015 Sugar Bowl. 2014 Sugar Bowl, excuse me. 2014 Sugar Bowl when Ohio State won 42-35. Zeke Elliott, 85 yards through the heart of the South. It's great to see. If you look at Ohio State and Alabama's non-conference schedule, you look at that and tell me strength of schedule doesn't matter when Looking at the college football playoff, it absolutely matters. Ohio State's playing Oregon this year. I know they have Notre Dame coming up in the non-conference schedule. You look at Clemson playing Notre Dame, Alabama playing big schools like Ohio State, Wisconsin, USC. It's great to see for the sport of college football, and that is why college football and Ohio State and Alabama are my Who's Hot of the week because we are getting some great games in 2027. Uh, Real quick, I saw this tweet, and it said, who do you think is going to be the coach of Ohio State and Alabama in 2027-2028? I think Ryan Day makes the jump to the NFL by then. I think he's going to coach a team, maybe the Browns, by 2027. But I think that Dabo Sweeney is going to be the coach of Alabama in 2027 and 2028, and Brian Hartline is going to be the coach of 20... Ohio State in 2027, 2028. You can go ahead and um clip that that um that part of the episode and tweet at me if I'm wrong in 2027 who's the coach of those two teams. But that is just my prediction. Now getting on to the who's not of the week Novak Djokovic, the top tennis player in the world is who's not of the week because he hosted a tournament in his home country of serbia with no social distancing guidelines no masks with a bunch of fans and a fan tested positive for the coronavirus and djokovic and his wife himself has po- tested positive for the coronavirus come on man what are you doing Ten- um obviously tennis isn't back yet but if Tennis were to come back, they'd want the number one player in the world, and he's too busy having volunteer tournaments with a bunch of fans with no social distancing guidelines and spreading coronavirus in his country, which hasn't had a big problem with it until now. Come on, Djokovic, do better. You're a great tennis player, but not a very smart dude, so he is my who's not of the week. All right, the last segment of this episode is going to be This Day in Baseball History which is so? I have this calendar my grandma got me for Christmas. A year of baseball trivia. It is a twenty nineteen calendar, but we I've been using it for twenty twenty. So June twenty third is today's date. So it said today's baseball birthdays: George Weiss, Tom Haller, Aaron Robinson, and Marty Barrett. Happy birthday to those people. So the the question today is: Name the Red Sox slugger who never hit three home runs in a single game. A, Jim Rice, B, Ted Williams, C, Fred Lynn, or D, David Ortiz? Ooh, that's a tough question. I know it's not B. I know it's not Ted Williams. I know Ted Williams had to have hit three home runs in his game, in a game, at least once in his career. I feel like it's not Jim Rice either. I'm between Fred Lynn and David Ortiz. I'm going to go with C, Fred Lynn. I'm going to lock that in. C, Fred Lynn, my final answer. Let's take a look at the answer here. Oh, no. It is D. Big Poppy David Ortiz had his fair share of long ball heroics over 14 seasons with Boston, but never turned the trick. Williams accomplished the feat three times, once in 1946 and twice in 1957. Jim Rice did it twice on August 29th of 1977 and of August 29th, 1983. And Fred Lynn managed it on June 18th, 1975. So next week we are looking forward to baseball trivia for June 31st. I'm going to take a sneak peek at the questions just so you guys know what on June 30th, excuse me, there is no June 31st. Um but it is a there it is a baseball quote by Monte Irvin on Willie Mays. So that is what we are going to be looking for and we got a Hall of Fame question we will answer as well next week. So that is baseball trivia of the week and look we're going to be looking forward to it next week that is all i have for today's show thank you so much for listening follow us on instagram at unbranded.sports subscribe to us on youtube search unbranded news and media we got a lot of great stuff follow us at on instagram at unbranded news and media and at unbranded.films that's f-i-l-m-z we got a lot of great content coming your way Um, Next week on next week's episode, we are going to be talking about the NBA, MLB, all that good stuff and any other news that happens. I could also try and do a FIFA simulation of the Premier League, maybe simulate the Premier League, tell you how it's going to shape up. But yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming at you next week. And please stay safe. Stay with us. Love you guys.